All right, welcome everybody to another episode of 21 Going On 77. I'm one half of the dynamic duo. It's your boy Dwight at 517-2214. Joined again as I am every week with the brains of the operation, the young prodigy, young SJ at SJ Basketball 8. SJ, how you feeling today? I am feeling okay. How are you? I'm tired. I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, I had to coach. Like usually, I'm the assistant coach, where I just help out my son's basketball team. But the main coach didn't show up, so I had to coach fourth graders and kindergartners. I'm sorry, first graders and kindergartners. And you know, you gotta run up and down the court with them at that age. So I wasn't anticipating that. I had to do it. And I'm tired because I had to do it this morning. But we got that dub. My son's got some buckets. And we move. But I am tired from it. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with that weather like up in uh, New York City. It was pretty much a nice day today. It's kind of getting gloomier. Um, but the weather's not too bad. Okay. It's actually, it was really cold this morning down here. Um, I, I won't even say it was cold. It was just, it was cool and then it was windy and there was a little bit of rain. And um, yeah, like me and my family went out to eat, went to a breakfast spot after the game and it was so packed we had to wait outside. I had to go put an extra layer of clothing on my sons. It was, it was actually kind of cold for Texas towards the end of January, so that's stuck. The weather, it, it's looking nice now, but hopefully it's getting better. Um, Off the weather report, young SJ, took a little Twitter break midweek. Um, thankfully this time, uh, no one panicked. Only one person asked. No one, the last time you took your Twitter break, Folks was in the DMs like, was she okay? Where you at? I think everybody realized you just need the timeline gets, uh, how can I say, stressful at times. So did you actually watch the games or did you take a break from the maps, period? No, I was still watching the games. It's just, it's just, yeah, I logged on and it's just at some point, all the crying and whining, I mean, it gets tiring. Yeah. And, I realize I have autonomy to remove myself from all that. So I exercised that. But now I watched the games. I watched the Wizards game and the Suns game. It was, I didn't, okay, it was hard. I didn't watch it live per se. Like it was on. It was definitely on. And yeah, I was yeah. like looking at it. Um, but didn't really watch it, but I went back to watch it. Um, uh, and yeah, so I was watching the games. I just couldn't do Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, that Wizards game was rough. I'm not gonna hold you. Well, I was so annoyed, but I was actually happy that I wasn't. I didn't have my account. I was thinking to myself, I was like, "Wow, they must be whining right now." <laughs> I was like, "They must be so upset right now." Oh, we, 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 you know, we whatever. Why. We exactly. Yeah, I um, when you bounce and then you know I hit you and you told me what was going on. I was like, "Damn, she was smart," because like. You probably missed it, but this video about basically uh, 
what was it? You know, JaVel leads like the pregame huddle or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was this video of Lucas showing like bad body language afterwards. And I mean, it looks bad. It basically looks like he's just disgusted with JaVel. And people had opinions on it. You know what I'm saying? And it just started a whole war. And that's why I was like, SJ is smarter than I am. I joke, I jokingly refer to you as the brains of the operation. I know you're a smart young lady, but like low key, you are smarter than I give you credit for even. Because yeah, this place, just the discourse from that video was so bad. I was like, low key, we in hell. Because the team isn't good and we fighting each other over this video. People were so passionate with their takes. And uh, I'm not gonna hold you, I was was too. I don't, I don't like, you know, it's a small out of context clip. We don't know what was what. Um, I don't think Lucas should publicly display his displeasure with his teammates. Some people was trying to justify it one way or another. Either way it go, that's not, we don't know. None of us knew one way or another. So we shouldn't have been jumping down each other's throat one way or another. And it was just a bad, it was just bad discourse. Did you see any of that? Did you catch any of that? Because I don't, I think that was the day you deactivated. So if you missed all that, you are in a better place because of it. Yeah, I don't really recall all that. Um, I feel like when I came on, I like saw the video, but I didn't, like, one, I didn't open it. <laughs> I didn't think it was something I needed to open. Yeah. Um, so I didn't, like, see anything. So, um, but I mean, if um if he was showing some sort of displeasure i mean luca's a child bro we we know this he's gonna um he's sort of a dickhead and and granted it, it also looks like that's his humor too like you know he jokes around with um you know jalen um josh calling them all oh, my sons you know like it's a yeah, yeah. humor with him um but his facial expressions like he makes it known um if he's not happy about something you know i don't i don't think he can hide it yeah, I was about to say this season even more. So I mean, my as I mean, him showing. I mean, as a person who can't hide something on, you know, their face, I can't. I'm not gonna like judge him for that part. However, um, you know, you want him to be a bit more, because we talk about you can be frustrated with your situation, right? But it's how you carry yourself in that situation that's um gonna ultimately kind of prove things like like kevin love he was miserable with it now they're winning everything's all great but objectively a lot of people i mean now people don't matter one because kevin love is not that relevant anymore but people were bashing love for how he was handling his situation with the um calves back then he was throwing tantrums all that um so i think the only thing I'll say to that is that you'd hope it doesn't um one become like a thing and two where people can label him as a um you know, it becomes like a reputation kind of thing. That's the only thing. But um I don't think it's that um or it would go that far, um, as if you're talking about based on that video. Because like I said, I saw the pre I didn't even open the video because I didn't think it was something to like, you know, look at. So I don't know. It 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 was much ado about nothing. Um that the discourse around that made me realize like we mad at each other when or luca or any or javel or anything else and we need to be mad at the ultimate enemy which is mark uh mark cuban he is the cause of all our stress and strife so whenever you get upset about this roster whenever you get upset about a player that don't make a play whenever you get upset about anything remember 
it's all Mark Cuban's fault. And that's all some real shit. Like, I'm not joking. He's res- responsible for all of this. <laughs> and that's why I get frustrated because I feel like we take out these frustrations on each other. Yeah. My whole point when I, um, the morning when I left, before I was, you know, kind of going back and forth because my point was like, why, like, who cares if, like, a Mavs fan doesn't want to trade for somebody? <laughs> In the grand <laughs> we are not making the moves. So yeah. they, I, I feel like we're, be, like, they, some people treat other fans as, like, extensions of the front office, but that's just not how it works. So, no, they, there were, there were people literally saying after we won against the Suns, don't let Mark Cuban see you being happy about this. He'll use that as a justification to not make a trade. I'm like, come on, bro. It's getting ridiculous, yeah, but um, whatever. At this point, I I'm still I believe what I believe. Un- if until a deal is done, which I don't really think is gonna happen, but whatever. Until I see something else, this team is not really doing anything. So I'm just mm-hmm. here watching the games, so hoping they win. If they lose, it is what it is. Like at this point, getting remad over the same things every single day. I mean, if you want to do that, fine. But I personally, I do not want to do that. <laughs> and I don't want to see it all the time. So, you know, I'm a, when I see fit, I'm going to take my little break here and there. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, uh, to keep on honor with you, I'm pretty sure I'm going to do it after, frankly, after we post this pod and after Rolo and uh, Rolo Jazz's and uh, Jose's show, just because, like, it's not for me. I found, like, my wife saw me on here, and apparently I was arguing about something, as I'm prone to do, and she just was like, hey, man, stop arguing with people on Twitter, and my wife, you know, I'm on the app a lot, so she knows I'm on there, and I guess the face I was making, and just from my body language, she knew I was upset, and it's like, fam, I'm on this app way too much talking about shit that don't matter. And this little podcast is taking off. We it's you know, it's growing. It's to the point we're making. It, it's getting to the point to where it's like financially worth our while to do, and we ain't just here talking to talk. But at the same time, I still like I can make this pod and not be on Twitter. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't have to be on Twitter constantly during the games live tweeting games giving my two cents on everything in the world of math so i think i'm gonna go ahead and take your take your uh take your advice i, I think our brother bib sets a timer on his joint so i think i'm either probably take a detox or just get it down to where it's like on game days i might live tweet and then i'm just not on that joint because ain't no we gonna be talking about shit on there anyway let's be real like, it's cool because news breaks there first, but, you know, I can just get somebody my number, like, hey, something happened, text me. You know, I don't have to be on there religiously, if that makes sense. Um, anyway, well, less about the drama of Mavs Twitter, more about the drama that is actual Mavs basketball. So we got popped by the Wizards. Um, it stunk. It stunk because, like many uh, Mavs game this year, we should have won. Played a team without their best players, but one of their best players um, 
still should have won the game, missed free throws, yada, 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 asura, asura. Um, Then we beat the Suns. Uh, Luka got hurt, I think, three minutes in, and I ain't going to hold you. I don't, I don't know if this sounds bad, but my favorite wins from the last few years have been when Luka didn't play. I don't know why, because maybe expectations fly out, fly out the door when Luka don't play. But I just, the way the dude stepped up, the way Spencer stepped up, the way Dorian stepped up, hell, Dwight Powell, uh, Tim here and there. I don't know why those games just make me feel better about the team than when Luka played and put a backpack on and carry us to the win. Um, Like last year's, the reason I believe in last year's team so much the reason why I didn't want to trade Dorian and Jalen at the trade deadline is because I saw those dudes be competent without Luca and lead the team to wins um, without Luca. Like they basically had to do it for all of December, keep the team afloat. And I have we haven't seen that this year, so that's why I've been a little hesitant to like heap praise on the, the Christian Woods and Spencer Dinwiddie's of the world, but Spencer stepped up. Um, what I wanted to ask you, am I crazy for feeling that way? Like, I, sometimes I've I mentioned that on the timeline, people like, see, well, do you not like watching Luca? It's like, I like watching Luca, but I don't know. When the boys pull it together and get dubs, to me, that proves they're competent and they can do more. Am I crazy? It's because, and I'll, I, I feel like I don't want to whisper it because I'm not even trying to say this as a bad thing. I'm really not. But it, because it probably feels a bit more like a team win. Like, just just being, you know, objective. Like, Luca's play style, it allows for him to be, like, the guy. Like, obviously, you know, other people could play well alongside him. Like, we've seen, you know, Wood get 30 balls with him when he's getting 30. We've seen Spencer get 30 balls with him. We've seen, you know, Jalen Cook when he's coaching. I'm not talking about that per se. But how many times do we see, um, especially when Luca's cooking, how many times do we see a box score where it's like we got five guys in double figures? It's it doesn't happen often. Like when we see those box scores, we're like, wow, like you know, and some teams around the league there have that's like nightly kind of thing for them. But for us it's like a, um wow. So and that just objectively, um, no matter what people say, that's more of a style that people like to watch. Um a lot of the teams that got um like you'd say, that has been notable in recent history. Some of the things that they have in common is that they had crazy ball. Like the 2014 Spurs, you hear people talk about them all the time. You hear people talk about, you know, Warriors basketball all the time. Like one thing they have in common, even Nuggets recent years, like they um, have been talked about as a team that people like to watch. OKC right now, people are talking about they like to watch. Why? Because they move the ball, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, it just is what it is. And I think... Um, when Luca obviously doesn't play, he like the, the the guys have to do it by committee because you look at the, the makeup of the team. When it's Luca's there, we have two shot creators. When Luca's not there, we have one, and it's not like Spencer is. He's a very good shot creator, but he's not like elite like Luca is. So you have a good shot creator, not like elite one, trying to do 
you know, pretty much everything for the team. So obviously the other guys, they're going to have to play out of their element and try to scrape together a win. So I feel like those kind of gritty wins is part of the reason why people like underdogs too. Um, I can get why it's, you know, I guess the win is satisfying. I personally wouldn't say it's more enjoyable to watch because that offense is grating <laughs> um, sometimes. I wouldn't say enjoyable, but more satisfying as a win, sure. Um... I mean, it's it's really defense. If you're a fan of defense, I could see why because you know. Oh, you as am I the old head that likes defense? I think I'm becoming that guy. Yeah, but it's it's miles better when he's not playing, and that's just you know is what, and that's yeah. why um, I felt that it was hard to kind of judge with the back to back situations that they were playing without Luca, um, this year, and finally they got into a situation where it wasn't a back to back, and they had the legs to defend. So I think that's where they win those games. They win it defensively. They're not going to win it on offense. Like, they beat the Suns. They didn't even crack 100 points. <laughs> like, at times, that game was actually hard to watch with the Bricks. So um, they're never going to be – they're never going to win it on, on offense. And that's – um, it, it's it's part – and it's not Luca's fault, obviously, why they're not going to be as great offensively when he's not playing. But it's just, like, the point I made on the last pod, like, it's a bunch of – guys that shouldn't have high usage being thrust into roles where their usage is a bit more than you want it to be um so i think with that in mind you kind of have to um you appreciate you kind of appreciate when they do pull it off so I, I i get it a bit um yeah i i, I guess i get it but they're gonna have to we're gonna be seeing it more um luca's probably out i he's out the game t- today we're recording this on saturday so he's not playing against utah who we play next detroit is it detroit yeah it's the Pistons. i think he says i think he's gonna miss yeah i think he's gonna miss that too and then he'll come back after that um so they're gonna have to you know try to win these next two games without him um and i mean expectations are low some people don't expect him to win any of these games some people are you know expecting him to win both still some people are hoping for a split you know, best case scenario, worst case scenario kind of thing. So, um, I mean, we'll just have to see what they do. I think, like I said, defensively, that's the end they're going to have to win it on. And I, and it's, I think it's something to know about how they play too. But um, this goes to, so Jazz um, made a point, and I want to hear your thoughts on this too as well. But she, or she was noticing that, some people, there's subjection of people. Obviously, there's some people with Luca being out. They're kind of gloom and doom, like, oh, we got lucky with the Suns. We're not going to win any other games or whatever. And some people believe that this is not like a good thing, obviously, but like more of a blessing in disguise type of thing where the guys can get their confidence um, so that when Luca comes back, you know, they'll take off, similar to last year. Mm-hmm. And um, she was, you know, curious about that side, about the people on that side. Like, um, you know, why is this being treated as a good thing? Because it's basically feeding into the narrative that um, Luca's a ball hog and, you know, stunts teammates' growth. And, I mean, I reply to that saying, I don't think it has that, that that topic has ever been discussed fairly, and I truly believe it hasn't, because there's merit to, one, the conversation. There's some people who believe it shouldn't even be a thing to be discussed, and I disagree. I think it's something to be talked about, but not to the extent where people are trying to make it like, oh, he's stunting people's growth. That I don't, um, that is a bit extreme, and I don't think that's fair. But there's something to be said, and I don't, and I think it's really framing. I don't think, I don't think he's stunting anyone's growth. I think 
the situation is that certain players and certain types of players i think playing with luca it doesn't he and how he plays he doesn't allow certain guys to be themselves i think that's what it is um and when i say themselves i mean you have to and i don't want to say shrink yourself that's not the word you you have to adapt to him and he rarely adapts to anyone else and i get it because you're thinking okay why would you because the gap between him and his next best player is like ridiculous <laughs> like you know ridiculous probably the probably the craziest disparity from a number one and number two other than like okay see but like um probably the biggest disparity from a number one number two in the league right um so you're saying okay if that's the number one to number two why should he adapt but i think it really stems from his i don't want to say it's an unwillingness because i need to see it with better teammates but he doesn't allow others to make like a play for him and he's getting better at it like you've seen different sets with josh like he him being you know a screener in some of those sets and letting josh kind of play make for him which is great and encouraging to see but that needs to happen more and it's not even just about you know playing off ball or anything like that it's just he has to trust others to make a play for him otherwise it's basically him making a play for everyone else or him when he's taking his rest, letting everyone else kind of fend for themselves. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, okay, um, I just, you know, had the ball for five positions in a row. I'm tired. All right, y'all got it. Like, that's not really team ball. You know what I mean? That's not um, necessarily like a, an integrative, collaborative kind of situation. Like, so that's where I mean the, the balance where instead of having it five positions in a row, doing initiating everything and then your one possession you take it off because you're tired instead how about two possessions where you're kind of initiating and um you know controlling everything next two possessions you know you're not really initiating but you're involved maybe you um screen for someone and then um even if you're not receiving like, like you're not a direct um i guess participant in that action but you're still involved in the action somehow like i said screening for someone or something and then you take a break in the corner for, for like the next one you know what i mean so that's that balance that i want him to find as he grows and that's not going to happen immediately and like i said i need to see it with better teammates because it's not like he has a plethora of guys where um they can just be doing offense and he can kind of be a bystander because we've i've seen it on the court where you know he's maybe in the corner and they're trying to get something going and they just can't like do anything and it's kind of like luca help us please like and i i get that so i want to see him with more you know dynamic versatile players to kind of play off of but um right now i don't believe he's interested in doing that and i think um even if you're doing it with less talented um players it still makes people feel good and um there's a piece on um Mavs Moneyball, um, by, I don't want to butcher your name, Met, maybe, Met, um, but, wonderful writer. He's involved, and I truly believe in, in a situation like that, like, where guys feel like, even if, you know, it's not the best, but if they feel like they're contributing in a lot of different ways, it affects performance on the court, I believe, as well, so, uh, so when they're playing without Luca, they're doing things that they normally don't do, but that can kind of create an excitement. You know what I mean? Like, for example, Josh. Josh was running point guard. 
a lot of times in the Suns game. At points, it looked rough. <laughs> at points, he was, you know, a little overwhelmed. And at certain points, he looked he looked really solid. He he made that pass to Reggie. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. That wonderful pass to Reggie cutting, and it's like stuff like that. Um, when I watched that game, one of the huge takeaways from um that I took away from it was, I would like them to go in on this Josh Green like point guard um development situation. I don't even care if it comes to um at the cost of us um, losing possessions in a game. I think it's worth tapping into. It's like stuff like that. And like I said, they've tried it. Like they're actively trying it. They're um running plays for him and such. So they're making, you know, they're making efforts there. But I really would like to see them lean into it because um one, it it, it just it makes every everyone feel better about what they're doing out there. But what do you think? I've been talking for a hot minute. <laughs> no, you good, family. Um Like, the, you you mentioned it, fam. Reggie cuts like as soon as Luca left the game. Reggie was cutting and getting buckets. Like he's done it a little bit here and there. He cuts, but here's the thing. Here's a, here's something that's really sneaky that no one talks about. Luca does not hit cutters that. That often. that that's where I was and going it with it. That's where me. I was going. The guys will cut and they will low key be open and Luca ignores them. Luca because does not because hit cutters. he because he wants to dribble to the basket. Yes, Luca does not hit cutters all the time. He does. And, and that's something like you know Reggie's so bad. I've heard people specifically knock Reggie for not cutting. And it's like literally he started cutting as soon as Luca was out. And I think that's something we need to. We need to acknowledge, like, playing with Luka is not easy, and like, Luka is not this perfect offensive basketball player. I think he's the best offensive basketball player. I don't know, SJ. I, I know I said I wouldn't do this, but this this month he fell from best player in the world to like just top five. He had a little. His month was a little down. He looked tired, but he's not perfect. And one of those things is he don't hit his cutters. He doesn't. Um, Unless you like wide open under the basket by yourself for like a little bit. For a little bit, bro. Listen, there's one position that sticks out my brain because I was like, Luca, you really weren't going to pass that until it was like super obvious. Josh cut, right? You know, Josh is super fast. Josh was like at the basket in like 0.2 seconds, wide open. Luca saw him initially. I was like, Luca, throw the pass. Like it was so immediate, but Luca didn't throw the pass. It was like he was hesitating because he didn't want to, but Josh was open for so long. It was like, fuck it. Like, I have to throw the pass. Throw the pass. Yeah. Um, and just speaking about playing Beluga in general, it's funny because his, his name kind of got brought up um, in two separate podcasts I listened to this week. And they were both interviews. One, was an interview with an NBA player and one an NBA player has his podcast. So Kevin Herter did an interview. Um, shit. It was some ESPN interview. Don't give me the lie. And he basically was asked what it was like to play with Trey young. And the person that interviewed him thought he was just going to give him some, you know, blah, blah, blah answer. And like now nah, he's like, yeah, man, that shit's a, a back and forth because you get wide open shots, but you literally will not touch the ball and get to dribble for 20 minutes. And I know people are like, well, that's Kevin Herter. That's Kevin Herter. Like, I don't know, man. That's that's we talk about the best basketball players on earth, right? 
so unless you are to the point in your career which a young player that's still developing like Kevin Herter is, and we've seen Kevin Herter be able to dribble a little bit at times. Uh, shout out to him absolutely frying Seth Curry in the playoffs a couple years ago. I was just isolation. about to say, save that game seven. Save yeah, that game seven. Save, save Off it. the dribble as a shot oh, creator. As, as a, a shot, shot creator, creator. Murdering Seth Curry. So he was like, you know, you give me open shots, but it, you don't get to dribble for 20 minutes. Then, um, so the person who was interviewing was just like, damn, I'm, I'm surprised he was so candid of what it's like to play with Trey Young like that. And then the person that interviewed him was basically like, yeah, Luca Harden, you know where it went after that. It's probably not as easy as we assume it is. Then um, I think a couple, I, I listened to both these joints the same day, I think. Um, Austin Rivers had a has a podcast. It's on the Ringer NBA Network. And it's, I think it's just a pod he has with his buddy. And he, they were just talking to Austin Rivers about like, because I guess he played for Houston for a little bit. And he was just explaining how like a lot of fans think because you get wide open shots when you play with James Harden or Luka, and he mentioned Luka specifically, it's just easy because you get open shots. But if you're some, unless you're a specialist where that's all you do, basketball players get the rhythm by dribbling than shooting you know what i'm saying like most players that can get buckets on their own need to dribble to get their rhythm to go get buckets so if you just basically did wins with his words exactly where if you do wind sprints for basically 20 minutes playing defense you didn't get to dribble and then somebody passes it to you even if you wide open if you haven't been able to dribble to get your rhythm, that's not an easy shot, even for an NBA player, especially an NBA player that is used to being able to dribble to get his rhythm. And I have always had this opinion, but I didn't fucking play in the NBA. I had that opinion as a dude whose career ended in high school. So hearing NBA players specifically say this is like, I think we as fans... We, we really need to appreciate the Spencer Dinwiddie's, the the Jalen Brunson's, the guys who need to dribble to get their rhythm, who are able to play with Luka and basically always fucking be in rhythm. And you also need to understand why it may not work for everybody. It didn't work for DeLon Wright. It didn't work for Josh Richardson. You can say those dudes are bums, but they played better when they left here. And even tall man number six, Tall man number six is a skill player. He's not. It didn't work for KP. Yeah. Yeah. He he is a skill player. He needs to dribble. Like, dog. You know, Chris Osprey. And not even just dribble. He needs to like be in handoffs. He needs to. Yeah. Yeah. He needs to touch it. Yeah. Tall man number six is the fucking like fourth best post up player in the NBA. Like he actually started doing that shit. Like he's, you know how we just. I used to. Oh God, why are we doing this shit again? Like apparently he's making that shit now, which is shout out to him. But the point I'm trying to get is when we start talking about players that want to play with Luca or don't want to play with Luca or would be effective, I don't think it's the guarantee that we as fans think. And this is literally hearing this out of NBA players' mouths now. Some people gonna hear this and be like, oh, you're talking about fucking Kevin Herter and Austin Rivers. Well, he better than anybody who's gonna listen to this. Any better than me. They're, them dudes better than me. They're better than you. 
I don't think any NBA players is listening to this. So I'm going to listen to them before anybody on the internet uh, or Twitter, respectfully. Um, that shit's not easy. And we need to be appreciative of the dudes. And when we, th- you know, with the trade deadline coming up and the players we discuss, um, one of the reasons why I'm so pro Zach Levine is because I've seen he does that now. Even though I know he got all his flaws and warts, he lets a dude dribble a lot. And when he gets it, he's ready to shoot and he make them bitches for the most part. Um, I look for players who have, I hate to say it, if you've played with Harden and been successful in that situation, or even Trey Young, I'm probably going to keep an eye on those guys because they know what that's like and they know how to stay productive in that situation. Um, Who else was saying it? Oh, then the mismatch with... uh, Chris, Chris Vernon and KLC, they were, no, it's what, I'm sorry, I mixed it up. I got my uh, pods mixed up. They were talking about how Embiid, when he plays with Harden, how Embiid wants to play with, like, the bigs that do, uh, like, Clint Capella, where it's just like, I throw it to you and you go dunk, and Embiid don't really want to do that shit. Like, he's like, bro, I'm, I'm on, if I go dunk, I'm going to have to jump through because it's two people sitting in my lap. I got to dunk through two people. I'm going to step on a dude's leg. Like, nah, I'm going to shoot this pull-up. I'm pretty wet with it. And now that takes James Harden. That's not the type of big James Harden is used to playing with. And I also think, like, when we talk about bigs to play with Luka, and I'm saying Luka and Harden is exactly the same. I think that's They something- are in that regard. They are yeah. in that. People, that's the thing why the, the, the comparison is just – when people get so offended at it, I'm like, why are you so offended? Sure, they're not exactly yeah. similar. They're not. But they have parts of their game that's similar. Yeah. It's not just the step back. It's stuff like that. Like lob, like lob bigs. Luca works the best with lob bigs, not the bigs that aren't really. It's like, as much as I, like, for example, Miles Turner, I think he's overrated, but I'm like, okay, fine. Miles Turner, if you were to come here, I don't think that's as seamless as a fit with Luca because Miles Turner's not really a law big. He's not a law <laughs> type of big. Hey, side note. I don't mean to cut you off, but I'm here, Dwight, listener of pods. I listened, well, I watched the interview he did, and, well, I'm sorry. I watched the interview uh, Tyrese did, and he was like, he had to yell at Miles to get him to roll. He finally started doing it. But like Miles Turner flat out didn't roll to the basket hard like until this year, and it's basically never a, did. And basically in his career. <laughs> and like Tyrese was explaining how he was like, "What the fuck you doing, bro? Roll to the basket." Anyway, please continue. Yeah, but that's that's the thing. I think there's similar in that where that's why I kind of um, I go back and forth between okay, do we just need a low usage type of you know rim runner big? who could defend instead of looking and, you know, obviously rebound instead of trying to get this um slam dunk kind of big that's so skilled. You know what I mean? Because one, they, they're starting to be expensive. That's one. And two, is they're hard to find. And three, them and Luca, we don't know how well they work. You know what I mean? So I think um in that aspect, like I said, and it kind of goes to it, it, it says a lot with Luca with his play style, which, like I said, his playmaking, probably his biggest strength, but one thing about his playmate, ooh, they fighting, they fighting. I'm sorry, I'm watching the, the Nuggets Philly game live, well, and they in the huddle, huddle scrapping, the Philly huddles, and George's Niang, he's scrapping with somebody in the huddle. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's a team fighting the team? 
Yeah, yeah, the Philly bench. Uh, it, it's gone. I outside. mean, oh, okay. Hold on, let me log in here. Yeah, log in. They might be talking about it on Twitter, but um, what was I saying? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh shit! Oh shit! Yeah, I got distracted, but um. Oh, you good? You good? But you yeah, know, so I, I like NBA drama. Right, but one thing with Lucas, yeah, one thing, one critique I've always had with his playmaking is that he doesn't really assist many easy twos outside of lobs. That's you know, if it's his big is getting a lob, he's throwing a lob, but um, he's not assisting many easy twos, which is why um, I mean, Porzingis was kind of you know iffy outside of him throwing Porzingis a lot because Porzingis is kind of the same as Miles Turner. Porzingis yes. is rolling often. Porzingis didn't want to like roll. Mm. Like Porzingis will stop on a short roll if anything. Yeah. And I'm only either passing or shoot this little jumper, but I'm not exactly. crashing into big dudes and trying to duck on them every time. My exactly. knees is bad. Yeah, and it's a push and pull type of thing. Like sometimes it's appropriate to really roll and it's like suck it up, but other times it's like maybe rolling is not the best, and maybe you can get into some other action. That's the thing. It's it's we don't really have secondary actions where other people are making the plays outside of Luca, you know what I mean? If the, the position starts with Luca, more than likely it's going to end with a Luca score or a Luca assist or maybe even a Luca hockey assist. But rarely is it like Luca initiates and he maybe passes it off and then he, you know, is either a bystander in the action or, you know, um involved but not registering a stat, <laughs> if that makes yeah. sense. Um and I think that that in the future, like I said, this is not gonna next you know, next game he plays, he's not gonna just be a whole different player or anything like that. I'm just gonna take time to adjust and it's going to also take new teammates because I think with this roster, what I you know, envision and all that, that's not gonna happen <laughs> with this roster and I understand that. Oh, okay. Oh, you want quiet um, kinda engage. Who is that? Hold on, that oh, was uh yeah. that was George oh. Nang and D'Anthony Melton. Woo, George Niang was with the shits. Oh, he was. And Montres Harrell was holding holding him back. That was crazy. But oh, um, yeah, I, I just think um yeah, I think there's it like in this whole conversation, playing with Luca, I think, yeah, the point that we think um about playing with Luca could be so easy. And it's like not. you said, it's easy for certain types of players. Like I think like a buddy heel would love that. Love you know? it. Love it. Like Boy. A, you know, Tim, why Tim looks so good, Tim could just put up anything. You know what I mean? Like anything he wants. But certain guys need to, to, to kind of adjust themselves. Side note. We need a we need a version of Tim on any Luka team. Like, I really think, like, Tim is Tim and people get mad at his shot selection. Tim takes and makes threes. Tim don't really be open. He's just ready to shoot. And he's tall. So that bitch can get up over anybody that's like sitting in his lap. Does that make sense? Am I crazy for for this thought process? Like there has to be a when Luca gets in trouble, he needs to have the ability to be able to swing it to somebody who doesn't ain't even really open that's gonna catch it and quickly shoot the ball over pretty much in any situation. Am I crazy yeah. for having that feeling? Like Tim, no, you're not crazy. That's buddy, what I want. Buddy That's why I buddy healed. Yeah. Yeah, like that type of player. Like Davis Bertans obviously can't hold up defensively, but like that, basically, like I'm gonna say it. Tim, Tim's ability just to get a shot up that is has a decent chance of going in 
I think we underrate and we need, we, I wish Tim was obviously better, but we need that trait on any team that Luca has, no matter how he changes his play style, no matter what, you just need that. And you can't just compare percentages. You got to like pay attention to the threes, the types of threes. Am I, I don't feel like I'm explaining this properly. No, you, you're making a lot of sense. You're making a lot. You, basically, you're saying you, next to Luca, you need a high volume three pointer yes. that's not shy. Yes. High volume, like they'll they shoot don't, a lot of them and they're even not. Rather, rather they open, rather they kind of open, closely guarded, wide open, they're not going to swing, swing. It's going up. Yes, and that's why I am not really pressed about that role because I feel like we have a guy coming in Jaden Hart if we choose to hold. I think he could be that guy where even if it's not a three or something, he'll make something happen. He's yeah, getting a shot up. Yes. I am con- I that's one thing I can be confident confident about with that guy. He will get, get a it. shot up. That, that's why when I compare him and Tim, like I, people don't like it, but I don't care. Like you. That's a positive to me. That I wish Tim positive. was better than what he is, but there's just a a, a scoring energy with Jaden that Tim has. Like, hey, bro, I'm going to shoot this bitch. I think it's going in, no matter what y'all think it is. So you can throw it to me with two 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 seconds on the shot clock. It don't even got to be in my shot pocket. It can be in my ankles. I'm gonna catch it, get it. Up, I'm not gonna get my shot blocked. That bitch is going in 37% of the time. Like I, I haven't looked at the stat in a minute, but I still think it holds up. I'm pretty sure Tim makes tightly contested threes as well as wide open ones. That is so fucking I wish he made the wide open ones better, but that's such a skill. I don't think we appreciate it. I know that holds up for Buddy Hill too. And I we're gonna get into what that would look like later on because I do have a he's part of what I think they should do um I want Buddy Hill and Miles Turner so bad and like I said I'm not even a huge Miles Turner fan and I think him and Luca is is as a fit they could work but it's uh, it couldn't also not work so I'm like uh but just off of I would like like not to say they do those moves and they're not going to the finals or anything I still but I feel like they would be much better shape especially if we're talking about swapping like a Tim and Wood, like a Buddy and and Miles Turner. You just thinking about replacing those same kind of roles and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But um, um, damn, I yeah. totally, I totally had a follow up thought, but I just totally forgot it because you got me watching the damn uh, Nuggets and Sixers game while we recording this, and um, PJ Tucker trying to get buckets off the bounce. Yeah, good luck with that. Let me turn this off so I can focus. Okay. Um, speaking of trade deadline is what week and a half away. It's February, yes, sir. 9th, February 9th. I don't know if this is going to be controversial. You haven't been on Twitter. This was, this is, everyone was basically had an idea of this. Luca hurt his ankle. <laughs> like every boy, you know how many tank memes and gifts hit the timeline when Luca hurt his ankle? Like, Boy, the tank was out there. The tank, it was the tank. It was no lemon soldier tanks everywhere. And um, so what we about to do now, we're gonna discuss what we think is gonna happen and what we would do if we were Mark Cuban. I'm to the point now, knowing some of the stuff I know now, that I'm not even gonna refer to Nico no more. I'm talking, I'm gonna say Mark Cuban because he's the GM, he's the de facto GM, right? So if I was Cuban and I know I'm broke. 
right? So the thing is, anything we talk about with the team, we have to keep in mind that it has to be like salary neutral. Like we can make some moves if you can, if we can send out some players that don't cost more than the players we got to where the salary is going to stay even or go down. Those are options. If we take an own salary, throw it out the window. Just, I don't think that's going to be a thing. I don't, I think, dog, unless we are like the, the KD Warriors, I don't ever think Mark Cuban will pay a heavy tax bill. You would literally have to get like Shea Gilgis Alexander and fucking Giannis before he would pay what the Warriors pay all on the Mavericks with Luka before he would co- commit to that. I truly believe that. I don't think he's going to pay a big tax team for a team that even has a shot. It has to be like the prohibitive betting favorite, all-stars, although three-four all-star type situation. So with that being said, what I think the Mavs are going to do is nothing. I th- Well, l- let me take that back. Let me take that back. Let me, let me not tell that lie. They'll make a very small transaction that will result in a player that is not guaranteed to play in the playoffs. I do believe that. It'll be something like when they, whatever, that move they did where they just swapped expirings. They swapped James Johnson expiring for uh, J.J. Reddick. I think J.J. Reddick played eight games, maybe five minutes in the playoffs. I think Nico Melli played more than fucking J.J. Reddick. I think something like that is coming. But that's it. Um, just looking at it, maybe it's something like maybe that Reggie Bullock for Cam Reddish happens. I don't even know who would send picks. I don't know who would send second round picks in that. I really don't. I think it'd probably be New York. Maybe you get some type of lightly protected asset. I could see that happening. But I also don't know about that because I think Jason Kidd wants people who can guard, bro. I do. I, I just don't see them trading, uh, even though Reggie hasn't guarded this year. You know how defensive reputation goes with coaches. Shit, Reggie tries. He's generally in the right place. Dudes is just getting by him off the bounce right now. So I think, I don't even know if Jason Kidd would do that, but if something happens, what I think is going to happen is going to be very small for a player that does not, is not guaranteed to crack the playoff rotation. What I would do if I was Mark Cuban, um, actually, let me, before I get into it, what do we know about this trade deadline? What do we know about this trade market? We know it's inflated, correct? Yep. It's inflated. Guys who are role players, guys who are uh, not quote-unquote stars are getting first-round draft pick demanded. Um, the trade market is cooked. So to me, I would go, I would zig when everybody is at. SJ, I would sell everybody. I would sell Spencer Dinwiddie. Your his value will never be higher than what it is right now. Spencer Dinwiddie is 29. He turns 30 in like a couple months. He's a free agent the summer of 2024. I they play with everybody else's money. I don't see them not playing with his money. I don't think he, I think it's 50-50 at best if he's coming back. I think it's 50-50 at best if they should want to pay 31-year-old Spencer Dinwiddie with two torn ACLs, who's a bad defender, 
big money long-term in the first place. So how do you, if just avoid that situation, trade him right now. If you, Spencer Dinwiddie can dribble, Spencer Dinwiddie can shoot. He's a 40% three-point shooter at this point. He, these threes he's cashing, he's making them rather Luca play. He's making them, period. He's just, this is just might be who he is now at this point. So to me, I look at teams that need like a sixth, seventh man who can get buckets or occasionally start. Boom. This is going to stink. This is going to sound crazy. I think New Orleans would give you a first round pick for Spencer Dinwiddie. It probably won't be this year, but they got three first round picks in 2024. They got the Bucks. They got the Lakers. They got their own. Look, y'all got to Y'all got to give me one of them and give me uh, Jackson Hayes and Deontay Graham. And it's going to be like top five, top eight protections. It's going to be lightly protecting. This is going to be a real first that I'm likely going to get. I would sell Spencer. I would also that Tim and Carrots, because you just can't do sell Spencer and that's it. You got to go all the way in. All the useful players, I sell them all right now. They all, let me be clear. All the useful players that are going to be 30, or are already 30, they do not have long-term contracts. They go, Reggie, you gone. Uh, I would, we, you know, we doing the, boom, we, we sending you to New York. You can go ahead and get in a playoff rotation. You know Tibbs is going to play him. Y'all got to give me Cam Reddish, maybe Isaiah Hardenstein, but I'm not even selfish. I take Jericho Sims. I just take two seconds. Boom, I'm selling Spencer. I'm selling Reggie. I'm getting these dudes off the books, and I'm getting draft capital. And I don't even care about if if the 30-minute, 30 30-game, 30 uh, what is it, audition for Cam Reddish go left like it has everywhere else. Fuck it. Have a, I, I, hope, I wish you best of luck in your future endeavors, Cam Reddish. Just do the trade, get something, get an asset, get 30 minutes of audition with Cam Reddish and get some seconds or get another young player that might be able to play. Uh, that 10 for care swap, boom. You can't keep listening to what I'm saying. You can't do one of these deals. You have to do all of them or don't do shit because you got to either go all in. You got to explain to Luca, we're going all in to get you some real help. And the team is going to take a step back these last 30 games. You can't half ass. You can't just trade Spencer, get the first round pick, and then have, because we're not going to stink bad enough. And then Spencer. Luke gonna be looking like this first round pick better turn into somebody better than Spencer. I just saw Spencer hitting big shots in game seven. So you gotta you gotta go all the way in. So everything I just described, I go 10 for carry straight up. I trade Spencer for Deontay Graham and Jackson Hayes in the first. I trade uh you know what? I'm gonna be specific. I trade Cam Reddish for uh, trade Reggie for Cam Reddish and a single second round pick. That gives me an extra first round pick. It gives me about, I don't know, I ain't perfect with the math. That gives me about $35 million of cap space this summer. And I got an extra first round pick. I got an extra second round pick. I got $35, $40 million in cap space. There's some other shit they can do. And then for the rest of this season, I just play Josh, I play Luca, um, Jane Hardy, boom, you get to play. Cam Reddish, I got Dwight, Dorian. Dorian makes the cut. He gets to stay. Unless somebody blow me away, 
I don't think Dorian is all, you know, I know it's one game, but Dorian looked like he can play again. So he get to stay, he make the cut. And I just play them dudes because, to be honest, I, I don't I don't know how big of a difference it's going to make one way or another for this season with everything I just said. It would it would stink. Um, but that's what I would do. And I would go into a summer with, like, cap space and money. And you notice who I did say, didn't say I was trading, and that's Christian Wood. I go ahead and ride it out with him, bro. I, I I don't think Christian Wood is that great. I don't think he's the difference maker people make him out to be, but I think he's useful. I think he's a solid placeholder player. And you go ahead and ride it out with him. Say, hey, we got these 20 M's for you for about two, three years. If you want it, you want it. If you don't, I wish you your best. I wish you the best of luck because – with him breaking his thumb, I don't think he has trade value. I would rather ride it out and see if he want to be here in the summer than take the little bullshit you're going to give for him here in the uh, at the trade deadline. Like, I literally think right now his value with him expiring and just with who he is as a player, you get like some seconds or like a young player a team is giving up on. And I don't, I would rather ride it out and just see if I could sign him in the summer. Um, I know this sounds crazy. I know this is the exact opposite of what I wanted to do last year. And the reason why this is the exact opposite of what I wanted to do last year is because Spencer is not Jalen Brunson from a contract perspective. Jalen was an expiring contract. He, no one was giving you a lot of shit for a dude that could walk for nothing. Spencer is on a, a, I don't know, would you say he's underpaid or overpaid right now? Or properly paid? Um, I think he's just right, but compared to the market, he's probably a little bit underpaid. Yeah, so any team that's traded him, you got him for the playoffs this year. You got a full year of player control at $20 million next year, so you can re-sign him. You know, I think, like, I actually, this is going to sound bad, but I've almost given up on us being a real team, so I started looking at places where, damn, the Hornets really could use Spencer right now. They need somebody other than CJ who can dribble. They do. They need somebody other than CJ who can dribble, even when B.I. and Zion get back. Oh, you mean the Pelicans? Oh, you said you old. Did I say you the Hornets? Old. You said the Hornets. You oh, old. Yeah, I'm old. Jesus Christ. Anyway, you know what I meant. We, they actually need Spencer Dinwiddie. He could be, like, they need vets. They need to trade for a vet who can dribble and can do some shit. And I would like to see him do that. I would like to see. You know what? They could keep their picks. Give me Dyson Daniels. Now, see, why does <laughs> see? You know, I brought this up on the timeline. Somebody else jumped in there and said, it "Like, fam, they're not doing that. That's a lottery pick." I know, I know, I know. Every time, every time, whether it's a rumor idea, somebody on the timeline goes and puts some extra asset into it that makes it unrealistic. When that, uh, who was it? The Reggie Bullock. Cam Reddish swap, folks start putting extra players in. And I'm like, fam, like, let's just be, let's just take some seconds. I don't think I'm doing it straight up, but let's just take some seconds or whatever. I don't even know if you can trade Reggie for Cam straight up. I don't even know if that money works. They got it. You can, but that's why I need some something else, and I don't just want seconds. You could buy seconds, and I like that's why it's not just enough for me in that straight up swap. Uh, uh, Jazz, I'm a Jazz. Wow, that's uh, crazy. I know, right? Uh, SJ, you can buy seconds. You can buy seconds. 
But is Mark Cuban going to buy seconds? Well, I mean, we did. <laughs> we just did. So, I mean, no, no they <laughs> traded them. They didn't buy them. They traded them. Oh, they yeah, traded right, someone right, else for the right, future. Right, right. They did not buy those. Right, he right, right. is broke. Let's not, we got to keep the money neutral. Got to keep the cash I know what you're flow saying, flowing. But here's, here's the thing here's why your idea sounds great, but the money is why that is just never happening. Do you think? They're giving up a shot at playoff revenue. Come on. They They're still going they gonna have it anyway. Like, they gonna have it anyway, bro. Christian Wood, Dorian Finney Smith, Luca, Josh Green, and uh, you know, oh, damn it, I forgot to say this. Hey, uh what does that bench look like after you sell all those guys? My fault, my fault. Hey, uh Derrick Rose is on that uh Cam Reddish for Reggie Dre. My fault. My fault. I actually wrote this down yesterday, but I left it in my work backpack. Yeah, we getting Derrick Rose with that Reggie Bullock trade. My fault. So, Derrick Rose is the bench guard, and we just pick in whichever one of if it's going to be who we got. Fuck it, man. We starting Jane Hardy. We I know, but I, I don't know. I just think it's a little idealistic to think it, you could trade is. half your roster at the deadline. It is. why I said this is what I would do. This is not something that's realistic. This is no, just I know, I know, I know. I this know, is I just know. my shit. This is, I know, I know. I, I, I was the dude who said Zach Levine was better than Devin Booker at this time last year. I get I get wild sometimes with the shit I want to, say, want to be true, even if it ain't true. And this is what I would do. I think... And I would do it like right now. I would do it right now. I would hit the market with those players before everybody else sells. Like the who, the person who strikes first gets the best value. And I would do it. I wouldn't even like, I would just, I, I would like sneak and do it. I wouldn't like uh, take a long time. I would literally call all 29 teams and be like, hey, what you, you want Spencer? Here's the price. You got it? Cool. Now, with that being said, if I don't get my price, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't sell these players just to sell them. So if I don't get these price points that I want, I just ride it out and just see where we go. Because we still got some shit we can do in the summer. But I believe you could get that shit. With the way these rumors is going and the shit that people is asking for, if you sold all these dudes, you could get, like, you could basically trade fucking Spencer Dinwiddie Reggie and uh, who else did I trade? Is that it? Oh, Tim. If you worked at the right way, you could get like the equivalent of like a star trade from dumping all those players. You could get like a first, a couple seconds, and like technically the draft rights to a good young player. Like not a full blown superstar, but you you would get some real shit for them, and I don't think any of those players will be Dallas Mavericks in eighteen months. Any of them, I don't think the Mavs gonna resign them. So I, that's what I would do. I know you're gonna tell me I'm crazy. Some people gonna listen to this and be like Dwight, you are crazy. But I actually think the Mavs need to pivot, and I don't think we would tank. I think it would make our odds. I th- obviously it would be harder to. uh to make the playoffs in this situation, uh, probably a lot harder, probably harder than I'm giving it credit for. However, I don't think the playoffs will still be off the table because as bad as we've been, the West has been, everyone around us has been just as fucking bad. 
and there's only a couple teams. It's like every time a, a a team around us like take off, they look like they about to run away at the pack. Another team fall off, just like we did to keep us around the same place. So it's just this weird shit going on that I would do that because there's a possibility you still make the fucking playoffs as the fifth, sixth seed, and now you got all these assets, and then you letting the young boys play. Fuck it, Josh Green, forty minutes a night, just like we ran Reggie into the ground. Josh, you about to get the full experience. Like you said, you're gonna be running point. If we lose games, fuck it. That's so be it. Josh has shown me enough to where I need to wear out what he got and what he don't got to see where he gonna be as a player. I I called him a rich man's ex Caruso. I don't know, man. He might have more than that. So you know what? Let's fucking find out right now. These last thirty games. Let's see. Let's see what you got, young scrap. And if it it could turn into something more, it could turn into something more as for Maverick, or he could look like it go from Alice, young Alice Caruso to poor man's Andre Iguodala, and then we we need that shit too. I don't think Iguodala ever shot the ball the way uh, Josh is shooting the ball from three, so I don't know. I know this is pie in the sky shit, but this is what I would do, and I'm 100% serious. I would trade everybody that's old, and I know it sounds crazy, and if someone comes along with the right price for Dorian, uh, I know this has offended you because Dorian is our guy. Dorian, I love Dorian. Watching Dorian put up 18 and 12 and put basically help put Bam and DeAndre Aiden in fucking prison is one of the joys of my life. And I really truly mean that. Dorian guards centers. Dorian at the five is an underrated cheat code that we have went to at times that has worked against literally all-star, all-NBA-level centers. And it would hurt me to see him go. But the truth of the matter is right now, I'm tired of being a Q team, SJ. I want to I want a parade. I want a championship team. And I'm tired of being in a situation of where I look at someone or I look at this roster and, well, if I squint, and smile, and if I had a few drinks, they look like a championship roster. No, I just want them boys to be a championship roster. And anybody that I don't, I don't feel a hundred percent is going to either age out or just ain't good enough to be in that situation. And I'm, I'm comfortable getting rid of them. Um, and that includes Dorian, even though I love him to death, and I do think Dorian could be on a championship roster, but. Prices are inflated. You might get a first. You might get a real, you might get, I don't know about, I'm totally unprotected, but you might get like a lottery protected first from a team that ain't. No, if I, if I'm trading Dorian, that's what I'm saying. It's just me. I need two firsts before I trade Dorian. Sorry. Uh, you may get it. I don't think they're going to be And if two. I get it, no, I need two first. And I don't mean like two unprotected first or anything like that, but yeah. I don't mean like a first and a top 25 protect. No, no. I need two first that I can get. Yes, yeah, yes. I don't. I don't think you're getting like unprotected, but you're probably getting two firsts that are going to convey. Uh, listen, if you put Dorian on the market, I know the Cavs don't have first to trade. the The Cavs would bust it wide open for Dorian Finney-Smith. Like he would literally be the difference. Yeah, he would mean so much to them. He really would. Uh, who else? Who else is good enough to wear like two firsts? Actually, my or. Uh, the one, Nets, the Nets, one. They, they got the Philly picks, don't they? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. They he he would just mean so much to him. 
So like, I don't know, two feel steep, but you, it's probably one real one, one first that has a 50-50 chance to convey or turn it into seconds. I think those are both plausible for Dory. But the point I'm trying to get is, am I crazy for being open to any of this? Like, talk me off the ledge. Me and you ain't talked about the roster outlook. And I've, I've always been hesitant to get here. But to me, last year, I knew if you traded Dorian with a contract, Dorian or Jalen with a contract situation, you weren't going to get shit. You will get a lot for these guys right now. You'll get more than you ever will get for them at any point the rest of their careers. So, like, strike while the iron is hot. And as you look at the way free agency is lining up, I know the Mavs have never been able to sign great free agents. I know this, blah, 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 blah. I know, I'm 40. I remember it. I remember how we we put up breaks. But like, dead ass, if you went into this free agency, you might not get a star, but we, I think we the only team outside of Orlando that play in a state with no state income tags. Because like Kyle Kuzma going back, Tall Man is going back. Like, we literally could probably get Miles Turner dead ass because I don't think he's I actually don't think that's going to happen in Indiana um, I think if he stays in Indiana I think what the hold up is is he wants that fucking max you can't pay DeAndre you can't you can't sign DeAndre Aiden to an offer sheet for 30 million and try to give me 25 when I watch him play basketball <laughs> and I feel like that's what this hold up is that's how he feel we can argue whether DeAndre Aiden is better than Miles Turner or not, but I know Miles Turner. I guarantee he think he better than DeAndre Aiden. All right, I just talked for like a long time. Oh, tell no, me why. No, no, no. Tell me why I'm crazy. I mean, you're not crazy. Like I said, in a perfect world, that's like that sounds like a great thing to do. You get all these extra picks. You got some players that you could take a flyer on. You get extra money. Like yeah, and then you still have your young core and Luca. Of course, that sounds great. Um, but I don't know. I guess I'll be that annoying person. I'll take on that. So I will be the martyr here. I will let people be mad at me. So I'll take the realistic route. <laughs> um, and I mean, if you're saying you won a championship earlier in this pod, you said that you don't think Cuban will ever spend. So sorry to break it to you, buddy. But <laughs> if you don't think Cuban will ever spend, that also means we won't win a championship because you got to spend to win that. And even with the Warriors, how they had they paid a crazy bill, they're you know still paying a crazy bill. They got lucky, which is why that dynasty was able to one last as long as it has, and they were able to accomplish so much. They got lucky that Steph, Steph was making pennies when he won the <laughs> MVP, bro. Steph was making nothing because of you know his ankle situations. If Steph got a proper max deal, like right after his rookie contract. Things could have been different for the Warriors. Let's just say, um, Katie certainly would have wouldn't have gone there, um, even with the you know cap spike. Katie wouldn't have been able to go there, and um, things you know, history is history. We don't know what would have happened. So I think um, money is is a is a sour point here because we've seen them make decisions in the past because of money. And, you know, it gets rationalized as, oh, well, we're not going to win anyway. So, you know, what, it, you know, it doesn't matter. But these things matter because it shows habits and, and, and like, um, patterns and, you know, stuff like that. So you can't, um, you have to kind of keep an eye on that. And with us, 
for this trade deadline. I'm still on this. I've been here, but I'm still team small trade. I feel like just doing something little can help. But at this point, with what we're a week and a half away, we've heard nothing. Like, and it's not even just us. Like, you hear all these deals, but we're really not hearing anything. So I don't think there'll be anything big. So I think for the most part, like, unless I need to be shocked, I need to see something. But for the most part, I feel like these teams are gonna be these teams. <laughs> so you are gonna have to, if you're really comfortable, like, if you're comfortable not doing anything, you gotta be confident you can figure this out. And as it stands with us, um, are you confident that, you know, Wood is going to recover well and, and be playing at the level he was before or even get better? Because it's not like he was perfect before. Um, do you think, um, you know, some of your shooters, so you think Reggie, him starting to pick it up, is it going to stick? Do you think Dorian will really start to pick it up? Do you think Tim will... I traded, I traded Reggie. No, 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 I'm not talking about you. Oh. I'm just talking about in general, like. Oh, um, I got you. I got you. Yeah, for the Mavs, if they're thinking, um, I, I like if they're keeping their team. Gotcha, like, gotcha, gotcha. Like they got to be comfortable with these things because you're keeping your team, and you're keeping your team. That means you still believe that um you guys can do something, you can turn it around, and you're still pushing for the playoffs. Um, so I one I just don't think they'll let like whatever they do at the deadline they're not letting go of that playoff money I'm just especially when you have Luca selling out there you think I'm I'm hammering it in because it's as much as he's a broke but he's a broke boy he needs his dollars he needs his dollars <laughs> like he there's no way they're going to like if they don't make and here's the thing they can really not make it even with this team like they could be in a plane and they could really get knocked out like that's really a, a possibility here but that's uh that scenario would be out of their control kind i mean obviously they would lose the game so yeah but out of their control in the sense that it wasn't something that the front office did you know what i mean so i don't think they would let go of the you know opportunity to make the playoffs so that's just out of the way and with that being said i think this flexibility thing i think this is the new buzzword for um the Mavs like front office and such like we've we've been hearing it for a little bit now and last year when we made the deals we made it was like yeah flexibility flexibility and you know in the summer they made their moves you know because of flexibility and now you're hearing that um you know like you said you don't think they're taking on salary I don't think so either because of flexibility and I don't in the picks thing that's why I I don't think they're trading any picks so if if, if that's why, like, some of the Miles Turner, like, I do the, listen, I do a Miles Turner, like, Buddy Heel swap for, like, Tim Wood, and I I put a first in there, like, some protected first. I know there's a way we can um trade, I know we can trade a first without, like, tying things up, but you have to do it with certain types of protections. I'm not a cap expert, but I know there's some way you can do that. You, you can, if the Mavs really wanted to, they could trade 25, 20, seven and 29 the problem is the oh, way you have to take the protections off this, this no nope, you don't even have to do that the problem is to trade 25 like especially with how bad we are like there's a chance we don't convey our pick like us getting a pick is not off the table right now so if you trade 25 or your first available pick that should be the 2025 pick the other team like they want they teams won't know when the hell they picks is coming the picks they traded for so there's a decent chance 
that 25 turns into 26. So that's going to lower the value in comparison to a team that's just giving you a 2025 first. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I hear so legally, you could technically still do it, but us trading a 2025 pick is going to hit different than another team that can just give a, a pretty much guaranteed 2025 first, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that makes sense. But my point is that I would do it for a deal like that. Um, especially if we're having plans to re-sign Miles Turner, like that has to be, you know, kind of a given here. Um, but I don't know. I just feel like they're not gonna trade first, and I'm okay with that. I actually believe that's the right thing to do, not trade any firsts. So, um, but there's things you could do. I mean, we're short on seconds, but we still have some available. Um, if if that's something you want to do, we have some. Not that I'm a. I mean, right now it's tricky because. In the offseason, I was saying, oh, that Dwight expiring package with, you know, maybe a Frank could get us something. But now we need Dwight because, you know, Woods hurt. So that's, yeah. you know, we're not even playing JaVale. So, like, Dwight is kind of like a, we can't really just, especially if we're not getting, a, like, a center back that we were planning to play. I don't think you could just trade Dwight um, like that as much as people want to hate him. But I it's just, they're in a, just such a weird spot. And we say this all the time, like, there's just such in a weird spot where they're stuck and we've always acknowledged that they're stuck and then we get in these situations where like damn this is complicated because they're stuck <laughs> like we we know this they're stuck so i don't know i'm just intrigued to see what they do like you said um maybe they swap some expirings um and especially if i could honestly i know you said his woods value might be low because of his thumb i could see him getting traded still um and not just for pennies probably not for anything great but not for pennies i could see us maybe getting hope you went out at the line especially when we haven't heard anything now or oh, am i back yeah you back you back now am i back yep, yeah you but, back. Um, I hear you. yeah i just yeah i just feel like I am curious to see what happens because I thought that Rui to the Lakers trade was going to make um kind of the damn, you know, burst with trades. Not that we'll get like a shit ton because I always believe we wouldn't get that much, but we haven't heard anything. Like at that happened and we have barely even heard a rumor. You know what I mean? Um, So I feel like we'll, we'll have to see what, what happens. I feel like for an, an unexpected seller, a big trade is gonna happen from like a like a Toronto's gonna trade like Fred, I feel like or or I mean Gary's the name especially Mark Stein was reporting that Gary Trent is probably gonna be the most likely traded, um but I could see them moving off Fred too, low key like if they lose they, a couple more, they they need to trade everybody. I feel like if 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 OG like because OG had that crazy fall if it comes out that OG's missing a little extended time. <laughs> And they lose a couple more games. I could see them really saying, all right, Gary. Like, I could see them pushing the button on Gary. I could see even Fred. Them saying, all right, Fred. Um, what you trying to do? Are you trying to extend what money are you looking for? If it's over my budget, let's move on. I could see them doing that. Because they're going to get, they have their pick. So they're going to get a, a lottery pick. Right? And there's a lot of talent in that draft. You get a lottery pick. You still have Barnes, who's looking good recently. You still have Siakam. You could decide what you want to do with him. But for right now, you have a top 15 guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? You still have a top 15 guy. You got a nice young guy. They got good 
other good pieces too. I mean, depending on what they get for Gary Trent and and Fred VanVleet, you know, returns and just assess what they have and then um, move forward. OG, you assess what you have with OG. You know what I mean? So I feel like they, as much as you know, it, they're bad right now. They shouldn't be like panic. I don't think there should be panic on fans and or front office ends. Like I don't think there should be any panic involved because they have a lot of different directions they could go in. Um, so yeah, it's, I, I just feel like it's them, they need to do something, I feel like they're, not that they're holding up the market, because I don't think that's what's happening, but I feel like we need that one unexpected trade to happen, that wakes everything up, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I'm right there with you, I, I think Gary gets punted, and I do think, uh, they punt on Fred, but I, I think they keep OG and just pay him the money. And getting rid of those dudes gives him the shots that he wants. And you roll with Scotty, Pascal, but the thing with Pascal that's a little weird, I don't think they're going to want to pay him the Supermax. And Pascal has a pretty decent chance of making, maybe not all NBA this year, but he made it last year. Is he already Supermax eligible because he made it last year, or does he have to make it this year? Wait, who? Um, pa- Pascal. Pa- Pascal. Pascal. Um, I think he was, I think it's within two seasons of your contract, if I'm not mistaken. But, I mean, he's getting in this year, maybe. Actually, maybe. I don't know. But he's, no, I think he. No, he may, may, may the, the point, I don't think they're going to pay him the Supermax. Is no, what I'm trying to get. He is not getting the Supermax. I don't think they're Yeah, do I don't think they're going to do that. But he may want it. And that just might put him in a situation where he like, man, if y'all not going to, like, this is Toronto. I got to pay extra taxes after taxes and everything. Like dead, dead. Like taxes in Canada is high as hell. He not even if he come to Texas, but just anywhere that's not in Canada, it, it can it can be less expensive. He, he can bring home more money other places. So they may end up have having the puddle on him because he basically like, y'all. I ain't staying here. And he's twenty nine. He's about to turn thirty. It might make sense for them to punt on him now. It'd be funny if they traded him and didn't trade none of the other dudes because he would get the most, and he's the oldest. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what they do. I almost want to hit fast forward to it, but I will say this. You mentioned it earlier. The one quote-unquote star player or closest to a star player that because of their contract situation and – just rumors. I would not be shocked if Miles Turner comes to Dallas in the next week and a half. That will not shock me. That will not blow me away. And I actually, I would give them a first and matching salary. I don't think I'm giving them Jaden or Josh. Actually, low-key, I'm not part of the Josh believers like that, but Josh is kind of off the table unless I'm getting a star because he's already a good role player this young. Exactly. So... Welcome, welcome. Because you was trying to trade him for Gordon Dragic, and I had to put my foot Well, down. he wasn't playing. Can I? See I know, it? but Can I still, see he it? was young. This, this is why I didn't want it because he, man, it's a lot know. of y'all. Y'all be doing that with these young players, and half of them never turn out to be shit. You're right. You're right. But I feel like he had more tangible. Like Josh's is not splashy. For him, you have to really, even when he was bad, you had to kind of look for it, like where no, he could no, really no. contribute. I, I, I hear no, you. not not saying that you didn't do that, but I'm just saying like his was just um 
it was hard granted i, I what, was was it? what was it what was the theoretical trade i forget it, it wasn't just josh for gore and it was what was it oh, it was josh and dwight for yeah i think it was josh and dwight for we were getting gore. something else wasn't we no i think we were just getting Gordon. Now, josh and dwight didn't make it Gordon was making like 20 million dollars I don't know. Anyway, don't know. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Not important. But yeah. Um. But I mean, regardless, I agree with you. Yeah. I think he should be off the table. Like I said, he's there. He's a good role player right now. Yeah. Um. You know, ticks the boxes. You know, putting up good stats, all that. Um. And by good stats, I mean like let's be reasonable here. I know it's not anything crazy, but like efficiency wise, this guy is. I know advanced analytics probably love him. This guy is it efficient like how many near perfect games has he had granted not on crazy volume but he's not missing i like that though even though you're not taking a lot when you are taking them you're not missing so that's uh, you have no problem with that <laughs> you know what i mean you take three shots uh yeah shoot more but if you make two of them i can't complain too much no i mean the thing is he only takes threes in layups and he's pretty good at both so efficiency people will love him and this is one thing whenever dudes is like hyper efficient always say that always raises my eyebrow to like if you're hyper efficient off small usage we can ramp that up and that's that's it's not maybe on that hyper efficiency ain't gonna hold up but i there's a lot more meat on the bone does that make sense yep yep that's why i was so high on jalen I was just about Jaylen, to say that same thing. He never wavered, like yeah. barely wavered. And even when you when you gave him more, of, of course it goes down a little bit, but it's still like up there. That you mother, that motherfucker is shooting forty one percent from three. Oh, that hurt my heart. Yeah, but you know, five attempts, man. Jalen yeah. fucking Brunson, and you know, and, from the field, and and that's and there is no one's creating them shots for him. He's fucking. Dog, you know he's like the six or seven most double player in the NBA. Like he's getting all that shit. Uh, I change the subject, and we need to have a buzzer for Jalen Brunson discussion. Moving on, moving on, moving on, moving on. What was we talking about? Change the subject. Uh, Josh and Josh. Cool. There we go. There we go. Yeah, like I think they're. I I call him a rich man's Alex Caruso, but. I, he, he's like he's getting a little bag as far as finishing around the rim and just bullying to the rim. And if he has another summer of growth, then it's going to turn into something different. And I know we said he don't have that scoring appetite, but I don't know. SJ. It's it's looking it's looking a little different. I don't and think. Com- I th- okay, here's the thing. I was saying I didn't think he had that scoring appetite because he really looks to pass as much. Yeah. But I feel like if you, that's why I want him to tap in the point guard thing. Not to say I don't think he will be a point guard, but like put the ball in his hands a little bit more because it's yeah. giving him a little bit more confidence. Not even just to make a play in terms of a pass, but to really make a play. Like, hey, I'm gonna get to the basket. Like, oh, this yeah. place be run for me. I'm coming off the screen and I'm taking it all the way to the cup. I'm, you know, gonna finish through this. Con- contact like he's being very decisive in his own moves which is um because sometimes you could see him you could tell he's gonna make a pass and it's in his head that okay i'm gonna jump in the air and make this sway it out like but now it's more of he's thinking of himself so um that's what i like to see which is why i need them to tap into it more um just put put the ball in his hands and, and try try with him um because if if his scoring appetite and him creating offense for himself goes up that passing that's already 
pretty advanced for what he is as a player, it's gonna even go up. Like your scoring and passing goes hand to, hand in hand. It, hand, it, hand. It, if Josh gets to fifteen points a game, what? At fourteen, I ain't even going fifteen. Fourteen, seven, and seven. <laughs> like fam, and you look at what he's good at and what Luca isn't good at, and it's just like now we now there's no overlap. He doesn't have to mute anything he got going on for Luca to get his shit off, and vice versa. That that and I I don't know if it's buddy averaged seven point six points a game like you know even in the games where he played big minutes it ain't like he going off of twenties dropping twenties and thirty balls here like low key is Jane Hardy's career high already higher than Josh's? I think it is. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's already higher than Josh's. So like, like he's not gonna, that's why I think he's not gonna be like a scorer. Yeah, I said he could get yeah, ten. Josh's career. Is- Josh's career high is 23. Yeah, I don't he's think been he in the league three years. Jayden yeah, I don't think you average like 15. <laughs> yeah, maybe I have to see. I don't know about 15, but I could. I said he could get to double figures. So like a 10 points per 10, 11, like how Dorian is like a, like hovers around or not this season, but Dorian used to hover around 10, 11. Yeah, but that's the thing. I feel like like Dorian, I think averaged like 11 or 11 point something last year or some shit. Josh already has more of a bag than Dorian, and he still can do all those bullshit, dirty work. I don't say bullshit, but like the dirty work points that Dorian be stealing with offensive rebounds. Yeah, like Josh can kind of get that too, and I feel like he already has a little more bag off the bounce. So I don't know. I feel like Josh could get to. We'll go thirteen. We'll go thirteen points. There we go. We'll go thirteen. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, he definitely could, but like I said, I just have to see that that um scoring appetite because he's he's also fine, um with that because Dorian gets a lot of open threes, but Josh is also fine like with not touching the ball, you know what I mean, and doing all the hustle things, and Dorian is too, but um mm-hmm. that's why I don't see him like to me guys that average like double digits like if they don't touch the ball for a while, if they get the ball, they're barreling, like, to the rim to get free throws or something, like, you know what I mean, like, they're trying to, but Josh is okay with, like, he'll, you know, like, he's okay if he's not, like, touching the ball, he's like, okay, I'll do other things, but that's why, um, you often, you're saying, damn, Josh, why don't you shoot more, he's preoccupied with, with literally, like, hustling or trying to get a steal or something, like, so that's why, um, I'm just monitoring how he approaches his own offense, because I think, um, I mean, I've, I believe we have a player. I think that's obvious, but I think I think oh, yeah. really, he could play. A, yeah, a really good fit, like next to Luke. Like I feel like in a perfect world right now, one thing, one huge flaw which limits his minutes. Why people, when people complain about his minutes, one Josh fouls a lot. He fouls mm. a lot. <laughs> he fouls yeah, a lot. yeah, and not only does he foul a lot, like hey y'all, Josh play. Josh was playing like damn near thirty minutes a night, pretty much before he got hurt. He's now going to play that much. Like, y'all, it's he play. He play. He play. He just don't start. It's okay. Exactly. Exactly. So and I mean, I feel like for right now, um, oof, MB just cooked Yokage. That was crazy. Wow, he just fried him. Oh, Jokic trying to fry him back. Oh, this is getting entertaining. But um yeah, I feel like I like Josh. Um, 
we should keep him and he'll fit right next to Luca when he, you know, gets a little more seasoning. Yeah. yeah, I went from trying to pack him up and send him to Canada to where I'm literally trading everybody but him, Luca. And like and I'll be honest, I'll probably trade Jaden Hardy for the right deal. But like after this, if you let me be Mark Cuban, everybody will be going but him and Luca. Literally everybody. Just what the market is. He's worth more to us than he is to another. He's worth more to us than another team. So he stays. Same thing for Jaden Hardy. So, like, literally, those would be the only three people. And it's not even saying these dudes are some stars. Jaden Hardy may never be a good player, for all we know. But we got to figure that out. And that's just where I'm at, man. I don't want to be cute no more. That's why. I do want to address this topic because this came up on the timeline. And <laughs> I shouldn't be having this conversation with you <laughs> because uh, I think you are like the Christian Wood hater. Uh, I think that's your brand. We we have a couple brands that we're known for and you being anti-Christian Wood is one of them. But I just don't think he mattered like that. Um, I don't think he stinks. I don't think he's a bad player. I don't think he's some bum. I think he's an upper middle class version of Bobby Portis, a guy who, you know, he could play, he could start on an okay team, but if you're trying to be real, he can't start. Like you're trying to be a championship team. He he his strengths don't overcome his weaknesses. As far as especially if he's gonna play with Luca. So I, I, you know, I want to extend Christian Wood. I do because everything I'm saying, the ticket not going to be that high, and we got to fill the team. Like he's not such a bad player to where we should just give him away for some bullshit. He, he's, you know, he ain't Reggie Reggie Bullock here. You know what I'm saying? Like Christian Wood matters. He just don't matter that much to a championship team. And I'm tired of arguing with people that think he is because he just don't like, that's just not a skill set. Um, I, 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 he's not the only person to blame for the defense being bad, but him playing defense for 10 days against the worst fucking teams in the NBA does not move me. Um, as much as I give Luca credit for becoming a better defender, I've come to realize for us to win a championship, he can't play with a even average big defensively. Like that big has to be, both the bigs have to be plus defenders. And if you believe otherwise, I just disagree. Um, it's just a difference of opinion at this point. The things I feel like I've uh, like been passionate about that are core to my beliefs for players that are good or players that are good on championship teams. I, I'm not saying I'm right all the time, but I feel like I've, that shit's held up pretty well. And I just, I just don't see it from him. I, I don't. And he's a good player. We shouldn't throw him in the trash. I think we should resign him, pay him 18 to 20 million for two or three years. I think, I don't think anybody on the street is going to pay him much more than that. I don't. Um, I think we're, I think he's going to be here. I really do. I think it's going to be a marriage of convenience. We, he ain't going to have no better options. We ain't going to have no better options. And his ass is just, we. he's going to be here. 
it's so funny because this time last year we heard they would do they would move heaven and earth well not move heaven and earth but it was highly likely Jalen was coming back and Jalen wanted to come back if he was gone he's gone he putting up buckets for the Knicks and we've basically heard the exact opposite for Christian Wood you know his stuff with his agent he's flat out said he want to start and I just think we gonna be stuck with him <laughs> and he gonna be stuck with us if he wants to start and make money and not play for one of the worst. I don't even know if the bad what bad team is paying him. Did I they know you you brought this up. You were right. You've been right on Christian Wood a lot here, but I still think he should have been starting this whole year. I I I I'm gonna disagree with you on that. But and I still think the best version of this team has him in the starting lineup. But I just look at like dog the defense ain't all his fault, but all the best defensive performances this year, he that didn't play or only played played 20 or less minutes. Like all every single one of them. The only one where he actually played uh minutes was the damn was when we beat the shit out of Memphis when they had played like 50 million games in a row. Um if you look at the games where we gave up the most points, he started, you know what I'm saying? And there's some of these games, Dorian, Maxie, and all of those dudes play. So I just, I think he presents so many roster building problems uh, that I'm just not comfortable uh, putting him on the sacred calves list. And I understand why people like him because this fan base, offensive centers who can't play defense has this fucking hand fan base in a headlock. And I get it, especially if they put up numbers because everyone hates Dwight Powell and the Mavs haven't had a, a championship caliber center in 11 years. Shit, no, you have 12 years now. When like, man, your big's got a guard, bro. And not get some block shots here and there. Fucking... Block shots does not necessarily equal defense, per se. Like, you got to be able to do other shit. Low-key, he was starting to get to the point to where he was getting out of position, chasing block shots. And all those, all that productivity and rim protection happened against the worst teams in the NB fucking A. So I just don't want to hear that shit. I, I, if he proved me wrong, so be it. I'll change my opinion. But I know what I've seen. I know what he's been. I do think he's gotten better. But he went from one of the worst in the NBA to still bad. And I just don't care who really disagrees with me because I know what my eyes saw. And in light of recent events, when my eyes tell me something, I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to change my mind. We're just going to agree to disagree. What do you think? I mean, I feel like everybody knows how I feel about him, so I'm not even gonna waste my time. Like, yeah. Um, Ditto. Move yeah, on. I don't Moving think, on. Yeah, move on. He's not a long-term piece here, so that's just how I feel. You seem disgusted that we got here. That is so yeah, funny I mean, to me. It's just this is what it is. It's not a long-term piece here for how long he stays. That's yet to be determined. But he, I, I know he's not gonna be here in like three years. So like, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I'm right there with you. Like, I what's funny is like, I think he's gonna be here out of necessity. Like you say, he's not gonna be a long term piece, but the fact that all the flaws I have is gonna lower his market, and the fact that he like we talked about playing with Luca. He's one of the few motherfuckers that's willing to do it and put up with it. So it's going to be a marriage of convenience. I don't think, I know kid don't fuck with him. We know that. But Luca do. And it is what it is. I think he's going to be here, I say. I think he's going to be here in two years. I don't know about three. I'll have to see that. Yeah. I just, and it's not because he's some great fit. I just, I don't know. We'll see. Watch they trade his ass tomorrow. But um, that's it, man. I think we damn near two hours in on this joint. You got anything else you want to say? No, sir. All right, family. We will talk to y'all next week. Thank y'all for listening. Um, We will talk to y'all. Yeah, this time next week. Peace.